Welcome and thanks for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. To learn more about Community Christian Church, visit us online at cccsterling.org. Well, good morning. Happy Mother's Day to everyone. I know this Mother's Day looks a little bit different, but it can still be a good day because it's the day the Lord has made, right? And I want to say Happy Mother's Day to you moms and you daughters, aunts and sisters and friends, and a special Happy Mother's Day to my mom, Joanne. Mom, I know you've had a very hard year so far, but the Lord is with you, and we're proud of you, and I love you. So I don't know about anyone else out there, but I'm kind of tired of Clorox wipes and getting a little tired of washing my hands to the happy birthday song, getting a little tired of hand sanitizers and gloves. How about you? Well, it reminds me of a story of a mom who called a little boy, her son, in to wash up for dinner. And he came into the house and he said, but mom, my hands aren't even dirty. And she said, well, yes, they are. They have germs on them. And he said, germs? I can't see any germs. He said, germs and Jesus. That's all I ever hear about around here. And I've never seen either of them. Little boys, they're fun, aren't they? Well, today I want to talk about a legacy of faith. Phil and the worship band played that song, The Blessing. I love that song because it's so scriptural that we had passed down from generation to generation this wonderful legacy of faith, the blessings of God up for a thousand generations. So I want to begin with a quote by one of my favorite authors, Dr. James Dobson. James Dobson wrote in his book, Your Legacy, The Greatest Gift. He said, unless we are successful in introducing our children to him, we will never see them again in the afterlife. Everything else is of lesser priority. Fortunately, we are not alone in this assignment. God loves our children even more than we do, and he is faithful to hear and answer our prayers. So here we have this assignment of passing this legacy of faith to the next generation, God loves our children even more than we do. And I'm so glad that God is with us in this attempt to pass this legacy of faith to the next generation. He's with us. He loves those children more than we do. And he's working right alongside of us. And I'm so thankful for that. 3 John 1, 4 says this, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. What a great scripture. And as a Christian mother and a Christian grandmother and mentor, that's what I want more than anything, is to see my children walking in the truth of the scriptures. And I know that you want that too. And when they do, it brings us such great joy. And that's what a legacy of faith is all about. The Apostle Paul wrote two inspired letters to Timothy. Paul never was married and he never had his own children. But Timothy, he called his son in the faith. He loved Timothy. He mentored him. He loved him as his own son. And Timothy's name means one who honors God. Isn't that beautiful? One who honors God. 
So we're going to turn to the second book of Timothy, and we're going to look at chapter 1, and we're going to read five verses. 2 Timothy 1, verses 1 through 5. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus, our Lord. I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers, recalling your tears. I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. I love these five verses in 2 Timothy chapter 1. See, Timothy's father was Greek, and his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice were Jewish women who were well-versed in the Old Testament. And they taught Timothy from the time he was was a child. They taught him the scriptures. And commentators believe that when Paul met Timothy... His father had already passed away. Timothy was a teenager then. And Paul was passing through the city of Lystra where the family lived, and he preached the gospel message on his first missionary journey. And Lois, Eunice, and Timothy all received the good news of Christ, and they became Christians. So that was three generations converted to Christianity. What an exciting time. Now, on Paul's second missionary journey, by now, Timothy was in his 20s. Paul recognized that Timothy had a calling on his life, and he recruited him, and he enlisted him into Christian service, and Timothy ministered alongside of Paul on that second missionary journey. Grandmother Lois was a devout Jewish woman, And she taught her daughter Eunice and then her grandson Timothy the scriptures. She was very influential in her grandson's life. My own grandmothers on both sides of my family were God-fearing women. God and church was very important to both of these ladies. And I remember my paternal grandmother praying. She prayed, and I, I knew that she did that. She wasn't very vocal about her faith, but I knew she had a relationship with God. And as she grew older, she was ready to go and be with the Lord, and she would mention that to me on several occasions. And I wasn't sure why she was saying that. She was just saying she was tired, and she was ready to go to heaven. And she had one issue, though. She was afraid to die alone. She wasn't afraid to die but she was afraid to die alone. And I believe my grandmother prayed about that. One day we were all gathered together at a wonderful family celebration, and our entire family was going about to witness an answer to God's prayer. Grandma was all dressed up that day, and she looked exceptionally beautiful. And we all noticed that she was smiling and so happy. She was surrounded by all the people that she loved so deeply, her family, her friends. 
and she was just having a wonderful day. And so near the end of the day of our celebration, after dancing an Italian dance called the Tarantella, Grandma collapsed. And she died a few hours later at the hospital. And as hard as that was to have Grandma die, really during a family gathering, we all knew that this is God's answer to Grandma's prayer. She didn't want to die alone. She wanted to die around her family. And that's exactly what happened to Grandma. Grandparents are important. Children look up to them. They watch them. They observe them. They don't miss a thing. I know our two grandchildren, they know their Nona and Papa better than we know ourselves. Now, Audrey, she's a little more diplomatic and tactful. But the little guy, Gio, he will say whatever he's thinking and look out because he's going to let you have it, both barrels. He's really kind of funny. But grandparents are important. I know my parents have greatly influenced their grandchildren, and they've influenced them because of their lifestyle. Their lifestyle, their commitment to Jesus Christ, first of all, and their faithfulness to church, their, their faithfulness and their love for family, and their incredible generosity. And they're going to pass down this legacy of faith, this legacy of love, this legacy of generosity for many generations that follow. And that's really what a legacy of faith is all about. Dr. James Dobson tells the story of his great-grandfather, George McCluskey. And as the story goes, Grandfather McCluskey prayed every single day for his children and for those who would yet to be born. He prayed and prayed, and finally one day he had assurance from the Lord that God would make sure that four generations of his family would become Christians. And the McCluskey family has seen that promise fulfilled. Four generations of McCluskeys have come to know Christ as their Savior and Lord. And now they're even entering their fifth and sixth generation. And on Grandpa McCluskey's gravestone, he had written, He died as he lived, a Christian. What a testimony! Now that's a legacy of faith. He died as he lived, a Christian. And I love that the Holy Spirit made sure to name Lois and Eunice, these faithful women of God, this grandmother and this mother, right here in the second book of Timothy, because he wanted us to recognize the importance of Christian heritage. Now, everyone's heard the phrase, famous last words, right? Famous last words. When notable men and women of influence are about to die, people wait to hear their final words of insight and of wisdom, and they mark them down, and then they're often shared for years and years to come. Well, Jesus made seven statements when he was on the cross, and I'm going to call those his famous last words. And I love that in one of those statements found in John chapter 19, Jesus 
said nine words concerning his mother. He hung on the cross and he saw his mother. Her heart was broken. Her son was dying. And he said to her, woman, dear woman, with love in his eyes, here is your son. And then he looked at John, the disciple, and he said to him, here is your mother. And the scripture says, from that day forward, John took Mary into his home and took care of her. Jesus on the cross, his final words were comforting for his mother. He wanted her to know that she would be taken care of and she would be okay even after he had died. When Paul wrote this second letter to Timothy, Timothy by now was in his 30s and he was the pastor at the church in Ephesus. And Paul wrote this letter from a Roman prison. It was cold and dark and lonely, very poor living conditions. And these words written in 2 Timothy would be Paul's final instructions to his son in the faith, this, this young man that he loved. Paul knew deep down in his heart that his death was imminent. The Roman emperor Nero was a very cruel man. And in AD 64, there was a great fire in Rome that burned half the city. And with the Roman citizens all in an uproar at that time, Nero decided to take out all of his wrath, all of his anger, all of his frustration over the fire and over the city on Christians. And Paul was caught up right then in that persecution. He was thrown in prison. And tradition says that he was beheaded by Roman officials dying as a martyr for his faith soon after writing this letter of 2 Timothy. So Paul knew he was about to die. And he wrote these final words to his son in the faith, encouraging him. Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but makes us, gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Paul was telling Timothy, look, I know these persecutions right now are real. Persecution of Christians is at an all-time high, but God's not given you a spirit of fear or a spirit of timidity. The spirit that's in you, Timothy, gives you power, love, and, and a sound mind and self-discipline. Paul understood that the ministry was going to get harder and harder and that he was going to die. And Timothy needed to be encouraged to keep using his gifts of teaching and preaching and evangelizing. He was saying, do not let fear paralyze you. Use your gifts. Remember your rich heritage of faith. On January 6th of this year, my friend Carla went to be with the Lord. Carla was Natalie's mother. Natalie's my beautiful daughter-in-law, my son Tony's wife. Carla fought a very fierce battle with cancer, and she was so strong. 
and such a fighter. But her, her body finally gave out, and she couldn't hang on any longer. And she lost that battle with cancer. Carla was a beautiful Christian woman who loved her family so deeply. She was kind. She was smart. She was generous. Our daughter and our son, they lost their mother. And our sweet grandchildren, they lost their Grammy. And I lost a friend. Carla and I became very close. We bonded. When you share children and then even sometimes grandchildren, you just grow close to the other person. And we became very good friends through these years. And I'll always treasure the last conversation that I had with my friend Carla. It was on Thanksgiving. And she really wanted to talk. And it was so nice because we hadn't had time to have a really good conversation in a while and she hadn't been feeling very well. So we sat and we talked for a great length of time. And I learned things about Carla that I had never known before. And I was just leaning in and hanging on every word. And she was just so willing and ready to tell me everything about her past and about her growing up years. And we had a wonderful conversation. Well, Carla went to be with the Lord about a month later. And I believe that's, that's the kind of conversation that Paul and Timothy had. Paul knew he was about to die, and he wanted to just talk with his son in the faith. He wanted to share with him everything that was on his heart. And Timothy, he hung on to every word that Paul said because he knew this could be his last conversation. Anne Jimenez says this about death. She said, it seems whenever any of us is faced with death, we fight kick and punch, resisting until the very last breath. Then, when God speaks in the depths of our being, come, we drop everything constraining us and we leap through the door to receive the crown of life. I love this because for the Christian, death is not the end. It's just a continuation of life. It's actually a beautiful thing. And so as Paul's about to die, he wants to communicate a few more things to Timothy. So now we're going to look at 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Now that word charge is a very strong word. Paul really was saying, I give you this command. Remember, these are Paul's last words to Timothy. And what does he say? Preach the word. I love it. Preach the word. It doesn't matter how unpopular or politically incorrect it is, Timothy. Preach the word. It doesn't matter that there's persecution going on for the Christian faith. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Again, Timothy was a pastor now at the church in Ephesus. And Paul was encouraging, when you teach the word, when you preach it, do it with careful instruction and with great patience. Speak the truth in love, he was telling him. 
And then verses 3 and 5 say, For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, Timothy, keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. Paul's final words to his son in the faith, he said, it's going to get tough. People are not going to want to hear what the Bible has to say. They're going to come up with their own plan, their own truth. But keep preaching anyways. Endure this hardship, Timothy. Be faithful. Share your faith. Do the work God's called you to do. And then in verses 6 and 7, he says, For the time of my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. These final words to Timothy. Paul passes his mantle to Timothy, this mantle of leadership, this legacy of faith. He said, look, Timothy, I'm finished. I fought my fight. I've kept my faith. I finished my course. I don't know how much longer I have to live on this earth, but Timothy, I am passing this mantle to you. You have work to do and you can't quit. You've got to keep going. You've got to keep preaching. Don't be intimidated. Do the work that God's called you to do. I want to conclude with a story that I heard from Jonathan Evans. Jonathan Evans is the son of Pastor Tony Evans and the late Lois Evans. Lois passed away just this past December, but for many years she and her husband worked together in ministry. And Jonathan was giving a message entitled, My Mom Told Me to Tell You. And in that message, he said, there was a time just a little over a year ago when the family was gathered together to be told that his mother, Lois, was diagnosed with terminal cancer. And of course, as a family, they were filled with shock, disbelief, sadness, grief, sorrow, And they were processing all these feelings together as a family. And then Lois, Mama Lois, called the family together and she said, Okay, all of you come here and sit down. I have something to say. And she told them, she said, I understand you're sad. I understand this hurts right now and this is painful. I understand that you've even had a different expectation. But I want to tell you something. We are in spiritual warfare, and we are not going to quit. We are going to fight this good fight of faith to the end. We're doing something that the enemy is not happy with. And for whatever reason, God is allowing this family to be shaken. But you have to get up, hold your head up, and fight 
You will be strong and you will be courageous and you will do the work that God has called you to do. And she said to them, if you were called to preach, you're going to preach. If you're called to sing, you will sing. If you're called to write, you're going to write. If you're called to play an instrument, play it. But you will not quit. You're going to do what God's called you to do. And then she said, I have every expectation that you're going to love me and you will pray for me and you will even help take care of me. But God has an expectation also. And you need to remember that. She said, you need to serve the purposes of God. That's why you're here. You are here to serve the purposes of God. That's why you were born. That's why you exist, to serve the purposes of God and to impact your generation. You are here for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what I want you to do. What a wonderful legacy of faith Lois passed down to her children. And I want to encourage all of you that are listening today that we are here to serve the purposes of God, to be an impact for our generation. And that is the legacy, the rich Christian heritage that we have to pass on to the next generation, to our children and their children and their children that follow them. We are here to impact our generation. So let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you that we are here, Lord. We know our purpose. We know your plan for us. Help us to remember who we are and whose we are. And Father, I pray for all those that are listening today that each one would serve the purposes of God, that they were called to do, that they would do the works that they were called to do, that not one of us would be intimidated or afraid to share our faith. But Lord, help us to pass this legacy of faith to the generations that are coming up behind us, to the generations that are following. Lord, I pray for everyone listening. I pray for their generations, and I pray for a rich legacy of faith to be passed down this very day. Bless and anoint all those are listening, every family represented, Lord. We pray all of these wonderful things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, everyone. Have a wonderful and blessed Mother's Day and give a virtual hug to all those moms out there. God bless you. Thanks again for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. For more messages like this and other resources, visit us online at cccsterling.org.